Hi, this is Polly with another episode of Conversations with Psychics, podcasts to help us find out what psychics do, how they do it and why. Join me in discovering that they are everyday people who do extraordinary things. Today we're going to talk to Kathleen Pepper, who is extremely experienced in the world of psychics, energy, crystals, healing, and she's just written an amazing book, which is called Divas and Nature Spirits, which I'm starting to read and I'm very excited about. And I think we're going to concentrate on that mostly today. But what what I'd like you to do just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a yoga teacher over 40 years. I trained about 100 yoga teachers over the years. I started to do yoga in 1965. Were you a hippie? No, I was a seriously married woman by then. <laughs> and a, a school teacher, you know, so I had a career. But I had health problems. And I was browsing in the local library. And this book about yoga fell off the shelf. And it it opened at the page with the problem that I wanted to uh, address. And I started to practice yoga and I had to do it from a book because there were no classes then. So I qualified as a yoga teacher in 1978. But prior to that, I had been a school teacher. You do yoga. Yes. And then you do all these other amazing things, don't you? I do. Now, the thing about yoga is that there are many branches of yoga and I do um, what we call Shivananda Satchinanga yoga. And the thing about that kind of yoga is that there are eight limbs or steps yeah. to yoga. The first one is the way you live oh, yeah. and how you behave to yourself and to other people. Gandhi said that the very first thing that we ought ever to do could only ever practice one of those limbs and he said it was our himsa, which is harmlessness. Right. So you may remember from the teachings of Gandhi yeah. that he would not do anything that harmed other people. Yes. And that was his main or animals. thing. Or, or animals. Insects. Or insects. That's right. He wouldn't do anything to hurt any living creature. And that's the first thing that's the in first yoga. part of yoga. So when you've got people that are being all bendy and everything... Nothing it's... to do with it. Really? That's, that's keep fit yoga. Okay. I mean, the yoga course that I taught was a two-year course. One of the main steps of yoga is the final three which deal with meditation. So it's learning to tune in, uh, to listen, and to work with what the Buddhists call nirvana, which is enlightenment. And that's the final step of yoga and the main teaching is from a, an ancient sage called Patanjali and he said that through the practice of yoga you would learn the Sanskrit word is siddhis, S-I-D-D-H-I-S. Those are the, the gifts of yoga and one of the gifts is being able to see, hear and commune with the spiritual world. But, he said, you must not get caught up with thinking that you've reached enlightenment through the, these gifts. Right. Because the higher you climb, the further you can fall. So you need to keep a clear mind. The first aspect of Patanjali Yoga Sutras is controlling the mind. Do you this is the whole point of yoga. Yoga is controlling the mind. So when you say a clear mind, you mean uh, not a monkey mind? Yes, exactly. Ah, so you've got space in there, that it's Hopefully. not being disrupted with sort of ego thoughts and just... Yes, that sort of thing. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. 
so is this how you got into the other fields that you've I think so. Well, I've had more than one near-death experience in my life, but the first really one that I can remember was when I was six years old. I had this serious kidney disease called nephritis. Even nowadays, it's a killer. My grandmother came into the room and I said, the room is full of rainbows. I said, it's so beautiful. Well, she drew the curtains and sent for the doctor because she knew I was on the way out. Oh, so she thought you were crossing over. Oh, yes. And and many people have said to me since, but you you were on the way out. I said, I suppose I was. From that time, I was always able to see and hear and communicate with people who had passed over. But one of the things that you did ask me was how I first saw angels. Yes. When I had the, the first angel vision, I was 36 then, and I was in the White Eagle Lodge Temple. Yeah, you see, that's a whole other subject, That's isn't my it? life. And I was sitting there waiting for a healing service to begin. And all of a sudden, the music that was playing, Foray's Requiem, well, everything faded out of my sight. I could not see except mist. That's all I could see. Light and mist. I could only see two immense angels. They were kneeling on the altar in this temple and they were enormous. I mean, it's a huge place, like the height of a cathedral. They were as tall as the building. What did they look like? Well, they were just kneeling with their hands in prayer and the lamp that was lit on the altar was enormous as well. So they were kneeling with their hands in profile, one on each side, um, and this enormous light flame and then, okay, in between them. Two questions then, and this is going to be a classic question, is did they have wings? They did. Feathery wings or just light wings? Feathery wings, yes. Wow. Again, I've got to ask a, a childlike question. Did they have faces? I, I don't remember if they had faces because they were just in profile and it was only for a moment. Was it beautiful? Yes. Was it like that stunning, I went, stunning? I went all shivery. And as soon as I started to shake and shiver, everything faded again and I was sitting in the audience, in the congregation, if you like, waiting for the healing service to begin. Wow, so it was like a little snapshot. Oh, it was. It was very, very brief. And then after I had had that angel vision, it really, you know, I was afraid. And when you see angels, they always say, fear not. Yes, but you're afraid. afraid. But, but you are afraid <laughs> because you think, what's happening to me? So I came back from that retreat and I was terribly tearful. I just couldn't stop crying. It, it was a clearing, I suppose. Ah. But after that angel vision, all the things that I do started to slot into place, like doorways or steps up a mountain, ah. if you like, or travelling along a road. You must have seen the photo that I took in this room. Let's find it on the phone. No. There you are. There's four photos of angels. Oh my God. Can you see them? Yeah, I can. Can I make it big? Make it big. And it was taken in that corner. Oh my God. I'm getting shivers. Well, you will. Wow. That's incredible. So what, what, like, how long was it there for? Only on the photograph, but it's always there now. I can see it. Really? Like a, a shadowy light. So that's essentially, because I've seen blue columns of light when I've been with a psychic healer, Heidi Sawyer. Right. And I saw them in her room, and it was at a time when I was seeing a lot of lights in the corners of rooms. 
she said yes. yeah there's an angel over there but I that's extraordinary that's a proper body shape yes it is with a with a robe I don't know what to say now <laughs> well you don't need to say anything but angels are always with me and I, I always hear them since that angel vision or probably since my near-death experience when I was six but when you say you hear them in my head what do you hear? I might hear a thought, and I know it's not my thought. I think you've probably seen all the little poems that I write. Yes. And they give me them. I was very impressed with teachings in your book, the Divas book, and I thought, gosh, that's lovely. And that's come from a uh, an angel. Well, a deva. A deva... Oh. Divas is spelt differently. Diva is a... A star, like an opera star or a film star. Oh. But Deva, D-E-V-A, is the Hindu or Sanskrit word yeah. for an angel or shining one. And it tells you in the glossary I at the back. I always thought a Deva was a god. Can be. Uh, Polly, you need to go back to school. There you are at the back. Deva, an yeah. advanced spirit or god being who governs the elementals and the well-being of all things in nature. So that's an angelic being as well? Yes. So you've basically got, so I'm clear, you've got angels communicating with you pretty much all the time. And before I just go on from that, you, how do you know the difference between when an angel is communicating with you and maybe it's just something that's, I don't know, in your head? Well, we always have a t- predominant ear. And a lot of people who are spiritual, who are communicative, hear through one of their ears. With me, it's my right ear. I always get a buzzing in my right ear. I quite often get a little funny little ringing. Mm. But then what happens after the little ringing? Well, if you think about your computer, they will do updates. You don't know what they're doing. They might just send a a bar or a flashing light. You know what I mean. Um, Or sometimes the computer will update and you're not there. But you don't know what it's done. And it's the same with your consciousness. The angels can download, if that's the right word, into your consciousness. And when you need to know something, you will know it. Angels, devas, nature spirits, elementals will only ever help us when we ask. How do you ask? Just say, please help me. Yeah. Do you have to give, ask somebody specific? You don't have to have a prayer. Do you have to say it to someone specific, as in Archangel Gabriel, will you help, help me? Or can you say, angels, can you help me? Whatever you like. If you're going through some kind of difficult experience, you might just say, oh God, and God will always listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's embarrassing. Isn't I'm always, it? I'm always saying, oh God. Because God is father and mother. There <laughs> again, oh, she's burbling on again down there. But, uh, Probably. But, <laughs> they laugh and they say, never mind, darling, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but, what? but you have to listen, you see. But, okay, okay, because oh. this, is, this is something I do not hear when I'm doing mediumship. I don't right. Think. The only time I've heard was when my name was called by my dead uncle before I went to the SAGB. And it was because my name was called three times in the middle of the night when I was on my own and he's dead, that I thought, crikey, what's happening? Yeah, crikey, and it was very, very clear. But you know there's no such thing as death. White Bull said to me, you cannot die for the life of you. I love that. I've never forgotten that. Now, not everybody can hear, and you may not be clairaudient, except when they really want to contact you. 
like your uncle. He really wanted you to develop that side of yourself. I know it's one of the main questions, which is how do you know it's something, it's your imagination versus something I, I do try to explain that in here, developing imagination. Oh yes. There's was, a whole section on that. I was reading that, I think you actually mentioned mindfulness, being aware of things. Yes. But when you talk about the nature spirits, what do you see? Well, I can tell you, using my inner vision, yeah, the third eye, they're all sitting round this room waiting oh, for you. No. And they're sitting on the top of the mantelpiece. And yeah. if you feel somebody tickling your nose or pulling your hair, itching your scalp, that's them trying to let you know that they're there. What? Who's in here then? Who's who? who? Well, do you see Ganesh? Yes. And we've got angels there, and then all the crystals. But these are objects. No, they all have an aura. But I think nature spirits are related to nature, sort of trees and things like that. Well, of course, that's their job. What is their job? Looking after trees, grass. Every blade of grass has its own angel or deva. I'll I'll get you one and show you. What am I looking for? Am I looking looking for something, or am I trying to sense something? Whatever you are good at. Uh, Right at this moment, I'm not too sure I'm good at anything. Just keep breathing. I actually experienced a headache. You might. That was one of the symptoms I didn't ever mention. (laughs) What's that mean? Um, It could be the opening of the crown chakra. Oh, yeah, it really hurts. I don't know, it just really hurts the top of my head. Opening of the crown chakra. When you look in there, yeah. look through it. You yeah. might want to take your glasses off. Oh, really? Well, if you look through it, oh. you'll see lots of little points of light yes. and light lace. Yes. It's telling me it's creating beauty, isn't it? Oh. So is that what you're looking for? Well, that's what I've suddenly seen. Now, hold that in your left hand. Yeah. Keep your eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and breathe in and out of the crystal. Don't breathe heavily, just nice, gentle breathing. <laughs> what is this crystal? Don't worry about what it is. What do you feel? What do you experience? Something red Indian in that. Definitely. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, very heavy. Stunning. It's a record keeper. Yeah, it's really funny. I want to stroke that. Good. Why is that? Because that's what you should do with a record keeper. Why? Because then it tells you what it has to tell you. It's really weird. I want to care for it. Yes. It's really weird feeling. Yes. So you're saying that. The, if they're record keepers, they're storing information. For you to read. So, for example, if I played around with that a bit more, I might get some kind of information, sort of global philosophical information or information. Or it might be personal to you. So is the point then that it's not, you're not looking for something. It's, you know, you are... The word I like to use is... What do you experience? And I tell you in here how you would experience Davis elementals and things further on in the book. How will you experience? Do you feel hot? Do you feel cold? Do you get goosebumps? Does your hair stand on end? Do all the hairs on your body stand on end? Do your hands and feet feel hot? All of those things. 
So it's not about looking for a face or a little body, like no, a fairy? No, Because the thing that foxes me, you know you were talking about the green man. Yes. Because the green man is a face, isn't it? And I think what happens is that someone like me wants to see little faces or little but gnomes in... But you will in see little faces. ...red hats and things. Well, you won't see gnomes in red hats, no. <laughs> the green man is everywhere. I mean, he is the symbol of creativity. But, but you see, it's different for everybody. You're a healer, though, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I like it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am a healer. But I thought you were, too. No, I, I actually, I tried it once, and I didn't like feeling the chakras on other people. didn't like it. Oh, so you're an empath. What? <laughs> you feel other people's feelings as yours. That's empath. You're an empath. Well, I don't know. I just didn't like feeling the cone shapes. Of the, of the chakras. You know when you walk towards somebody and you, and you suddenly go, oh, there it is. Well, I, I don't allow that. You must remember, you're in charge. So let me get this clear, because whenever I do these things, I always have a eureka moment. Good. Life is full of aha! Yes! <laughs> and I go, oh, that's what it is. And, exactly. and I think what you're saying to me, and I think the really this one's heavy. big difference is these devas and nature spirits, that's beautiful, are not in, they're not in human face form, no. except for a few exceptions. They're energy. They're energy fields. And yes, that's, yeah. And we clothe them in what we expect to see them. So if, if somebody says no, you see somebody like an own statue in a garden. Yeah. But that's not what they're really like. Yeah. But if they think that you want to see them like that, they will show you that they're like that. Because I wondered this morning, I thought, I wonder if using energy is an easier way of talking about nature spirits. Well, I think it is. Because when you say spirit, you think of a, a little form of person. Spiritual energy. Yes rather than spirit. Between dimensions, I called it between dimensions, because you don't see them in the third dimension. You see them in a hidden dimension, which we can't see, only in dreams or in meditation or in a trance-like state. The communicating spirit will only ever be an energy. But in terms of nature spirit... Well, their energy fields, well, of all sentient beings, roots, plants, insects, trees, leaves... Flowers, with, with grasses. In, with intelligence. Oh, yeah. So you can talk to them. You can. But you're not talking to... I think I think my aha moment is you're not talking to a... I was going to say a being. You're not talking to, like I keep repeating myself, a body or a face or something like that. You're talking to the energy of an oak tree and or the energy of a flower. Yes. Further on in the book, you will see how my Native American shamanic teacher taught me to communicate with trees. And that was where I wrote about the cedar tree. I've been a friend of that cedar tree since we moved here to live. It's the park across there. I studied with the Native Americans in Texas. Yeah, you see, this is another whole story, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Tell me about that. I started to study the teachings of the white wolf, white meaning spirit animal, and I was studying the teachings of Twyla, was at the time the head of the wolf clan teachings in, in the Seneca tradition. Yeah. And white <coughs> eagle is from the Seneca tradition. If you 
look into the traditions, you will find that Hiawatha or Hawata might have been a, an incarnation of white eagles. And they call the trees the standing people, they call the crystals the stone people. Really? Have you read uh, two books by Jamie Sams and all of those teachings are in there? But obviously I've had this connection with the White Eagle Lodge since 1968. It sounds to me like you are very into, well, into is a throwaway word, but your thing is being in with nature, in with energy, and then that links you back to the Indian cultures, which were, that's what they were about. I mean, I think it's amazing when you said the standing, the standing people, about the trees. trees. Mm. And because I, because I was in this forest for a couple of months, and pretty much nothing happened for two months until right at the end, I felt I didn't exist. And I told my friends about this, and they were really worried that I, you know, was having a psychotic episode. It wasn't that; it was incredible. Mm. I felt as though I was the trees. Yes. And I felt as though I was the wind and mm. the birds calling. And yes. There was nothing here. It was just pure... That That is how it would be for you in the world of spirit when you haven't got a body. Hold on. I've just got to compute that. <laughs> okay, i got to... Uh, oh, wow. Do you go and uh, talk to them then, the flowers and plants and things? Oh, I do. I tell them how much I love them. Yes. Every morning I come down and tell the orchids that you're my favourite flowers. You know um, Dr David Luke, the person who takes that peyote or whatever it's called he talks about how the plants are telling us basically what to do with the planet and that we've got to start listening to them but that's what this book is about and you don't need to take those kind of things because you can do it yourself you don't have to take hallucinogenic substances basically what you're saying as well is that every time we go past something that is natural we should omsaram to it. Acknowledge it, you know, just send it some love from your heart because the only thing that matters is love. We're all love. And they're beings. And Yes. And then that will make them feel energised and happy. Yes, and, and because they know you can see them, they know that there, are, that there are human beings that are sympathetic and empathic with the nature kingdom and that they can get you to work for them. Why does my cat, and you can confirm this or not, he sits outside all the time in the grass. Of and course. I am sure that there are fairies sitting on his back. And I'm sure he's right. Stroking his head and of playing course. with him. They love him. Would you call yourself a shaman? Well, I might have been. And that is what you're saying a shaman is, is that they're... They're, they're in tune with the natural world. So they're in tune with the natural world and they're learning from the natural world. Yes. And they're healing from the natural world. So it's not just uh, healing, it's just at one with the natural world. Yes, yes. That's amazing. So. What, would you call, what would you call yourself primarily if it's not a shaman? Or is it a shaman? Well, I don't think you can go around calling yourself a shaman in London. <laughs> well, I think they all are now. <laughs> they I probably think, are. There's hundreds of them but coming But do you think the they actually mean it? Well, I, you see, this is the thing. Is that I don't know really what it means. I thought, this is partly why I mentioned animal spirits, that it was sort of getting in touch with, you know, your animal Well, thing. that's one part of it. This is really incredible because I think also what you're saying is that it's not 
like you sit there going, oh, I'd like to see uh, an angel. It's actually that the angels are there. They're there. They're there. They are. And that if you actually bother to open your eyes, which is the point about your fir- the first point in your book, bother to open your eyes and pay attention, you will see things or hear things or feel things or smell things. Exactly. That, you will. That that is them and it's not necessarily that's really bad English but the it's not necessarily that they're trying to communicate with you is it they're they're just there they're just there milling about they are that's amazing because I think the other thing is one thinks well the the misconception certainly my misconception is, is that they're even though I can see auras is that nature spirits and devas had a physical form that we could identify that we had we had to sort of call upon them to come and visit us rather than opening your eyes and going no you don't have to call them only if you really want help and then you have to trust that they're and there and then you have to trust i'm seriously bowled over but i can oh. i can walk you back to the station let's do that and i can show you the shamanic map i'm really i've got shivers thank you so much